Radio Menea. I'm Miriam Soila Perez. And I'm Vero Valletti Flores. And on this podcast, we bring you a mix of alternative and mainstream Latinx jams based around a theme. And this week's theme was a listener request. It's problematic faves. Yes. Thanks so much to the listener. I don't remember your name for suggesting this, but we were both like totally on board and had thought about it before. And it's a great idea. <laughs> yes. That's right. Like, that's right. And as you can tell by the song that's playing uh, right now. <laughs> yeah, this is pretty clearly a problematic fave. This one was uh, a pick by me. It's um, called Kulo, and it's by Little John. It's Pitbull featuring Little John. <laughs> you know, I didn't realize this song was Pitbull, actually, until I put this Oh, together. really? Yeah. yeah. I feel like I find it to be pretty classic pitbull. I, I just I feel like he's cleaned up his act a lot though re- lately, right? Like his I feel like his stuff now is much softer, cleaner, like more ready for the radio kind of stuff. Right, right. I mean, the song's from 2004 and it's pretty self-explanatory in its problematicness. Uh, I mean, it's called Kulo, which if you don't know, means ass. <laughs> and the entire song is just about women with big asses basically and uh you know i mean Which, shout out good asses i mean yeah no shade to that for sure <laughs> and like when this song comes on in the club like i'm definitely gonna dance to it like don't get me wrong right but absolutely but i don't know i mean do you think there's a way to make a song about like a body part or like to sort of admiring a part of a body without it being really kind of fucked up and a kind of, you know, making someone into a sex object? Mm, I mean, I don't think in the current context of reality in which we exist right now, there is, you know, like, if we lived in, like, a utopia beyond misogyny, maybe we could make, like, a a song about somebody's ass and it wouldn't be, like, directly related to, like, the violence that women face. (laughs) But, like... But, you know, so it's not, like, inherently wrong. It's more, like, in the context in in which we exist, like, women are consistently made into only sexual objects outside of any other aspect of their lives. And that are, like, available for public consumption on the street or in music. Yeah. No, it's definitely it's definitely a real deal, but I have to admit, I mean, then this is sort of what that this, said. This is uh-huh. a jam, <laughs> and that's what this episode is about, right? It's like the songs that you're like, mm, but like when it comes on in the club, like you're gonna dance to it, and like with the song, like I'm definitely gonna sing the lyrics along with it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it reminds me, me too. Of that song. Definitely gonna yell "culo" really loud yeah. at the club. It reminds me of the <laughs> of the song. What's the like '90s like hip hop jam that's all about? Um, is it Baby Got Back? Like Sir Mix-a-Lot? Yeah, is that Baby yeah. Got Back? Yeah. It kind of reminds me of <laughs> it's that, It's definitely right? Baby Got like, Back. Like, who, yeah. who doesn't know all the lyrics to that song? Like, we all know the lyrics to that song, you know? So. Yeah. Um, and that song is amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. 
So, but for those of you who don't know Pitbull, he's really, really popular. He's Cuban. He's one of my people. I think born in Miami, but like Mr. 305 is one I of mean, his I mean, he lyrics. does call himself Mr. 305. Mr. 305. <laughs> yeah, Mr. 305. So clearly he's from Miami, but he's of Cuban descent. And I don't know. I'm just like not a huge fan. I don't just don't feel like any of his music I like get that excited about. He just like doesn't show up on my playlist. I'm not really sure exactly why, but like. I don't know. I mean, he's annoying, I think, is why. (laughs) (laughs) He, like, all he does is, like, yell his name and his various aliases on his track. (laughs) I I mean, come on, but, like, Mr. Nicky Jam, who I love, like, spells his name in every track he does. So it's not like he's alone Yeah, but he also does other things. Right. (laughs) It's not exclusively saying Nicky Jam. It's not just Mr. 305. Right, it's true. It's kind of like a DJ Khaled situation. Yeah. Yeah, but people fucking... Love but less charming. People love people in his suits. I was actually just in Colombia, kind of randomly for a trip, and um, he like there's a big billboard of of him in the Bogota airport. It was either Bogota or Panama City. I was like traveling a lot, and it was like a big picture of him in a suit, being like Mr. Three Hundred Five is not just about music, and it was like Miami Grill, like he bought Miami Grill or something. And like is now like the face of Miami Grill. So he's like in the restaurant business. So he's like now. Mr. Restaurant now. Yeah. And I was like, oh man, you're cheese ball. Yeah. <laughs> he's just cheesy. Cheese and the ball. suits. I mean, Miami's yeah. like not that fancy. I don't know. So anyway. But yeah, yeah. Shout out to this kind of misogynistic reggaeton classic from uh Mr. Three O Five. Before I think he was known as Mr. Three O Five in two thousand four. I think actually Yeah. A bunch of a couple of my songs from two thousand four. I feel like that was a big year for reggaeton. And I've, yeah, I don't. I wouldn't call this reggaeton though. No? It like doesn't have any sort of dembo. It's just like a club song. Mm. That's. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't say that it's reggaeton because okay. like, you you know, because the reggaeton you'd have like tun tun tun. There's no tun, dembo tun, beat. Tun, tun, tun. You know, there's no dembo at all. It's okay. just like a club song. All right. All right. I'll take that correction. I'll take that correction. I think I just kind of put all <laughs> the music that's particularly music that's like. Mad Dirty ends up being called reggaeton in my mind, and I don't pay that much attention to the, the musical components, but all right, okay, okay, that's fair, that's fair. But we do have a, a couple of reggaeton songs on this episode, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah, don't because, you worry. I mean, reggaeton, I think, is like the problematic fave genre. <laughs> yeah, it's like the problematic fave of our hearts. Of a, like, it's the problematic fave genre of Latino music, I would say, is reggaeton. <laughs> Although, again, like, these days it's getting kind of soft and, like, kind of watered down, I think, by the popularity of it. So we can talk more about that. But Yeah, yeah. I mean, Mr. Balvin is making it about feelings. I know. Which what a I don't weirdo. mind. What a weirdo. Mr. Balvin, I don't mind Mr. Balvin, Balvin and Nikki. And his reggaeton feelings. And Nikki Jam. <laughs> Nikki Jam, too. There's a lot of feelings. Yeah, so. yeah. All right. It's that Medellin scene bringing Apparently, in all the feels. I didn't get to go to Medellin when I was in <laughs> Colombia, but I definitely talked about reggaeton with a couple of the like local folks that I met. So it's real. But more of that, more about that in a different episode. All right. Well, what's your first problematic fave, Vero? Oh my god, my problematic fave is the worst. Yeah. Worse than Kulo? <laughs> this is oh man. Well, the dude is the worst. This yeah. is the classic, the one and only Gasolina by Daddy Yankee. <laughs>
I mean, Daddy Yankee is like the literal worst, yeah, right? Yeah, he's pretty bad. He's pretty bad. I don't know though. Has he ever? Has he ever like been accused of beating his wife? Because we've got one of those coming up later. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that he has. I haven't heard of that. Yeah. But I mean, he did endorse John McCain yeah. in the 2008 presidential election. Weird. Like, chose John McCain over Weird. Barack Obama. Weird. Did he endorse? <laughs> did he endorse Donald Trump though? Oh God. I don't think I don't so. Know. I don't think I don't anybody. Think so. I don't think anybody came out for Donald Trump. I mean, it, no, it's weird no. how Trump has like made John McCain and like George W. Bush and all these other Republicans seem like tame. It's kind of sad. Right. Right. Exactly. It's like making you wistful for W. But still, Daddy Yankee, like, way to choose the losing horse there. I mean, come on. <laughs> I know. Well, so the tea that I heard is that he actually approached the Obama campaign and they were like, thanks, but no thanks. Really? <laughs> he was like, no. fuck you and went to McCain. I mean, this is an unconfirmed rumor. Wow. Okay? It's just like I the can't... tea that was spilled for me somewhere. <laughs> Imagine Barack Obama's campaign would be like, no. To a reggaetonero. They were all about like, wow. Uh oh. Well, I mean, out. Puerto Rico doesn't vote. Puerto Rico doesn't vote. So right, because they're you know, have, there's they, lots of Puerto Ricans here because they're a colony, <laughs> right? They're a yeah, colony. They're a fucking colony. Puerto Rico libre. Well, the thing about that though that I love is that I will forever and ever love John McCain introducing Daddy Yankee at a campaign <laughs> event and then talking about oh how Daddy Yankee is endorsing him. Yeah. Like, that shit is priceless. Like, Weird. I'm willing to give up Daddy Yankee for that video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was... I feel like he's not... As as reggaetoneros go, he's not very likable. Like, I just feel like he's kind of like the big brother bully or something, you know? Like, I know... He, I feel like he yeah. has beef. With yeah. all, him and Nicky Jam have beef from back in the day. I don't know. There just seems like some history there. The thing about Daddy Yankee and the thing about this, specifically this song is that it is like such, such, such a classic. And especially mm-hmm. when reggaeton was breaking out into the yeah. US, like this was a song that broke out too. Yeah. So like it was like the first like crossover reggaeton song. Mm-hmm. And it just like holds like such a like strong you know, like, cultural legacy, right? And it's just, like, a fucking classic. Like, you can't not dance to this song. No. There's this amazing picture of my sisters and I at Nochebuena. We were, like, trying to take a selfie. (laughs) And um, in the middle of taking the selfie, Gasolina came on. And, like, my sister's face is, like, so excited and ridiculous. Like, she couldn't hold it for the selfie. And it's a pretty, pretty great. Um, I feel like there are a lot of memes yeah, based fa- on that moment when that's when your song comes on. You know, there's like so many memes. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah. Well, and then the my favorite gasolina meme is when. Um, that tennis player won a gold medal mm-hmm. for Puerto Rico in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I think it was uh, her first, right. Puerto Rico's first gold medal ever. Oh, they, Somebody made a video where they like replaced the national anthem of Puerto Rico in the medal ceremony no. <laughs> at the beginning of Gasoline. this. Oh, and then it got. And didn't it get like, taken down? Didn't you post that on our Instagram? Yes, and it got I posted taken it down. on our Instagram. I posted it on our Instagram, and the International Olympic Committee like took it down. 
from no. copyright violation. But if you're an industrious listener, it did not get taken down from our Twitter. So oh, nice. It is it is out there and it is so fucking hilarious. It's, yeah. It made me crack yeah. so hard. But yeah, this is definitely a classic. So do you like some of his more recent stuff? Daddy Yankee's been on the radio lately. Yeah, well, I do. Um, there's this one song with uh, Luis Fonsi mm-hmm. that he's got on the radio right mm-hmm. now called Despacito, which is also mm-hmm. totally a jam. I'm really into yeah. it. I uh, highly recommend it. Yeah. How, do yeah. you feel like he's gone the route of like J Balvin and Nicky Jam with like some softer stuff now? Or does it still have I that mean, sort of harder? I mean, that one is a little bit like that, but I feel like it's also like with Luis Fonsi, right? Yeah. So it's not, it's not like, gonna be, you right. know, like hard Pure. daddy Yankee, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just think reggaeton is morphing a lot as it becomes more popular again. It just feels like it's yeah, getting totally. more Yeah, And then, like, I mean, like, obviously, like, as a genre itself, it's not inherently problematic, right? It's, mm-hmm. like, an amazing, like, cultural product of Puerto Rico. I fucking love it. I love a good dembo. Like, that's yeah. all it takes for me to like a song. Yeah. That's partially why, like, I will dance to any of these fucking songs. Like, doesn't matter what they say, right? So I think, yep. and and there are now a lot of people that are like taking uh, dembo and taking reggaeton and just creating it into all sorts of new things, whether it be like J Balvin and doing like so this sort of like reggaeton romantico type of deal, or like mm-hmm. all of these like underground mujeres that are making like indie weird reggaeton in their own sort of way, right? So right. it's it's yeah. um, as it you know, ages as a genre, it's going in so many different directions and it's really cool. Yeah. Agreed. Well, my next song, I'm not actually sure if you would consider it reggaeton or not. You have to tell me what you think, Vero. But um, it's called Candy and it's by Plan B. definitely reggaeton there's a dembo beat that comes in a few minutes into the song and i fucking love this song it came it came out in like 2014 or the album came out in 2014 i think they dropped it as a single in 2013 but i remember hearing it on the radio and being like this is fucking amazing i don't even know what it is about the song i think i just like i love the there's a lot of like clever metaphors that are all very like slut shaming because this is our problematic phase episode but um I just fucking love this song. Like, <laughs> like the like the, the line "Ea cambia más de novio que te panti." <laughs> it's like kind of my favorite That's thing. Isn't that amazing? Incredible. Isn't it? It's really good. So it means 
It means she Incredible. changes boyfriends more boyfriends more frequently than she changes her underwear, basically. It sounds so better in Spanish. Like two boyfriends a day, maybe. Yeah, I guess. Or just never change her <laughs> underwear. Assuming an everyday right. underwear changing yeah. schedule. Yeah. Two boyfriends a day. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So it's a definitely like a slut-shaming. <laughs> it's a very slut-shaming video like song. The video is ridiculous. It's all these girls dressed up in like candy bikinis. I mean it's absurd. It's fucking uh-huh. absurd. These guys are a Puerto Rican reggaeton duo who go by Chencho y Maidi. No, Chencho y Maldi. Um, and they have a bunch of songs I really like. I really like Sino Le Contesto, which might be another one that you all have heard. That's from their the last album. Yeah, I feel like I just like Flambe. Like, there's something about their like whiny yeah. ass voices that I really, is it like, really enjoy. Is it like a reggaeton <laughs> falsetto? Really <laughs> Yeah, it's like a really suited to the music. Yeah. And then they have an old song called <laughs> Freaky Tonya that people might rec- remember from like, you know, four years ago. That's a pretty like reggaeton classic. But here's, I have a story about, about Plumbe, which is that, so actually around the time this song dropped, they came to D.C. Um, to do a show. And, and there's like a lot of reggaeton groups come to D.C. There's a couple of venues that, that will often host like Latino artists. And I went with this person I was dating at the time. I'd never been to, I'd, I'd been to that venue before, but never for a reggaeton group. And I will tell you, this is like the most intense, like kind of turned up environment I've ever been in. Like the security to get into the place. It was like way too wild, It right? was too wild. Yeah, I'm sure I told you about this. The security to get into the place was like, like that woman felt me up in ways that like people I date don't get to feel me up. Like really serious <laughs> pat down situation. Like really intense. Wow, that's awful. It was kind of awful. And then, and, and like I've been to this venue for, like I went to see uh, Calle Teresa at this venue and there was no, like the comparison to the security was real different, right? So clearly like they, they like pick mm-hmm. what audiences they're going to be, you know. And I mean, they're both Latino audiences, but like one was like, Calle Teresa, like everyone was high. And at Calle Teresa, and, and then at, right. at Plan B, it was like <laughs> intense. So they're we were like there. Associating yeah. it with a quote unquote urbano right, exactly. thing probably. Yeah. So the show started at 10. So we're like, okay, it's not going to start at 10. So we show up at 11. It's midnight rolls around. They haven't come on. All they're doing is like a DJ is playing music. And the, the like energy of the space was so intense. Like it just kept like ratcheting up and up and up. And like it was getting crowded. And like I was there with a girlfriend at the time. Like it was not a very queer friendly space. Like the whole thing just felt like mad uncomfortable. So finally at noon, at midnight, we finally decided to bail. Because like it literally felt like one of those environments where like something's about to pop off. Like someone's going to get into a fight or like something's going to go down and there's going to be like a stampede and you're not going to be able to get out. Like I just felt the energy like up and up and up. <laughs> oh I know. God. It was terrible. And I was like so fucking excited to see them and I was like but we were like you know what fuck it so we left before they even came on oh that's a sad story so sad so all that to say I did not get to go see Plumbe which I would have really enjoyed um but I'm glad I get to finally bring them to this episode because yeah they're just they're just a little bit ridiculous and uh yeah pretty fucking dirty so here's a (laughs) here's your favorite slut shaming out anthem that has a really good beat (laughs) Amazing. So the next song that I have is called La Trilla and it's by Fuete Villete. Música de gasolón, prende un moto, prende un blon. Esto es pa' que huele sin montarte en un avión. Esto es pa' que prende el aire y de un vueltón. Precaución, tengo ojos pelados con el copertón. Fino, fino, sin tallo, sin pepa, purecillo en el filillo. Y la nota se te trepa, que no hay que pasar la llave. No, que ya me siento en una nave. Despegamos hace rato y no hay nadie que nos baje. Bombay, 
zafiro en el bolsillo cachimiro una piqui bien sabrosa pa encontrar más todo el corillo par de cookies quieren fuerte pues fuerte que vamos a darle pero créeme que ni una tripleta vamos a pagarle esta noche si que nos fuimos por la ventana y seguimos hasta pasado porque ya hoy es mañana así que ponme mi canción y súbeme el musicón porque cuando ponen fuerte que se forme el vacilón So I really, really love Fuerte Villete so, so much. Um, and there's nothing like hugely problematic about them, but it's just they're just like, like so many people, they're just like casual misogynists, right? Yeah. They're not like, you know, they don't, they didn't like endorse somebody fucked up. They don't have like any like unresolved rape allegations or right. some shit, but like, you know, they're just casual misogynists, right? And basically the only way that they talk about women in their songs is as sex symbols and sex objects yeah. you know like just like women twerking and women stripping and like right. you know and of course like to be clear like there's no shade to that to being sexy and like no shade to like using your sexuality to get what you want in any way that like fits your moral code but right. it's it just feels like if that's the only thing that you're going to say about women that feels significant right yeah. and I think that the reason this feels complicated for me is that part of the reason that I actually love these tracks is because of what they're saying about yeah. women like like as in like the way that like I use them like it, it's like I listen to those songs when I want to like feel that way about myself right like right. like I want to feel myself when I'm feeling sexier when I feeling when I'm feeling like I want to like be in ownership of my sexuality right. and that's to some degree like that's it seems like that's what they're talking that's what they're talking about with right. women you know right. and I feel like I love the tracks those tracks are times specifically for portraying that aspect of yeah. my womanhood. Yeah. It's just like, that's not all I am. Right. 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 And that's not what yeah. all anybody is. Right. right. And it matters who it's coming from, right? Like if it's, if they, these were women, it'd be a different story, but it's like men totally putting that out for women. Like it's, you know, you can sort of reappropriate and reclaim it, but the origin of it is kind of shady, you know? Question. Right, right. And like, I mean, it's like, like I was saying before, right? Like, when women are like exclusively portrayed in that way, that's when that's the problem. Yeah. And like, it's not just on like what they get there. It's not just like on one artist or on one song. It's more about like, it's like a microaggression because it happens all the time and right. over and over again. And exclusively, like, that's the narrative that's put out about women, right? Yeah. Um, because it's not annoying in and of itself and actually in and of itself like I really tend to enjoy it you know like yeah. shout out to all the sluts out there and the sex workers and you know like yeah. everybody who uh, the folks are who Fuerteviete talks about in this song but like when you exist in a context in which like women are portrayed one dimensionally over and over and over again like that's when it gets annoying yeah. right yeah yeah it's like the way women are portrayed in music videos right like you look at like rap yeah, music videos, totally. like the reggaeton music videos, and it's like the same women in the same kind of outfits. I think I think there's some parodies where they have like men dressed up the way that women are dressed in music videos, and right, like how ridiculous right. they look, you know. So it's like those kind of tropes that just yeah, over yeah. and over again get old. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting because um, I was thinking about this in the context of um, I saw Get Out. Oh yeah. The other day. How did that go? And, uh, yeah. 
well, I'm a person who's very scared and like gets nightmares from like the scarier parts of Disney movies. Yeah. So it was like I was like freaking out about going, but I handled it okay. Okay. And um, you know, I would call it like more of a thriller than a horror film, really. Okay. But um, you know, when we were I was talking, I was talking with like my boo and my friends afterwards after seeing it and we were commenting on how like it really serves on this like as this brilliant metaphor about like the ways that like all these seemingly harmless microaggressions are actually like symptoms of like a large underlying violence of racism right like right. the movie starts and like this dude has to be around all these white people that say like all these like annoying things annoying racist horrible things to him but they're just like microaggressions right and people are like why is it a big deal and i think that the movie does a good job of being like it's a big deal because like it's a symptom of something much larger and much more violent and i think yeah. that that's that's what i'm talking about with these like portrayals of women as only one-dimensional and only right. sexual right um I really, really enjoy myself when I'm sexual and I really enjoy myself when um, I'm using my sexuality to get something that I want, right? Yeah. But but it's just not like a full context of anybody, right? Of any one person to, to only be that way. And I think that it's, I think that that's, that's what is the problematic piece yeah. for me. Well, and there's actually research now, like I, I looked into this for my TED talk about how micro, the connection between microaggressions and like poor health. Like they actually right. like, cause a lot of stress physiologically on the body yeah. that that create turns into negative health outcomes. So it's not it's not just like an annoyance. It's not just like rude. You know, like it actually has a, a real significant impact on people's bodies and their health and their well being. So they actually like we call them microaggressions, but like they mean a lot. Like they actually have a huge impact. And I don't know about yeah um, yeah the, that shit is stressful. Yeah, I don't know about just like gender as on its own, but I know with race it's definitely true around my right so. right exactly yeah definitely. Yeah. And so you know, in particular, this song for Afuetevietes is one of my favorites of theirs, yeah. and the first of theirs that I heard, and it That's like really song. just got me hooked on them immediately. Yeah. Like I'm so into them. Yeah. I love all the shit that they put out. The sound and is mostly great. it's just like about smoking weed and having a good time, but like <laughs> sexy women are part <laughs> of once that good again, time. once again you bring songs about weed smoking. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just like all the bands that I like, I was just like apparently drugs. big pots. <laughs> love drugs. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, so like one thing that I'm going to give to them that feels a really a little bit different from like standard sexual objectification narratives that I hear in songs is that like I feel like they give a little bit of agency to these sexy ladies that they describe. Mm. Like in this song, there's like the dude says like gata tu estas pasada, pero eso a mí me gusta, you know, and it's like yeah. it's just like oh you're like pushing boundaries, but I like mm. that though, you know, and like mm. so it's like that's like one of my fave ones ever, and then. I brought up with the this song a few episodes ago yeah. and it was like a song about an amazing stripper and mm. it, you know he in that in that they're like ese culo montalo en el tubo que eso es tuyo like that yeah. shit is yours you do with it what you want right. you know so I feel like there's hope for Fuerte Villete yet like yeah. I'm, I'm 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 here for them yeah I mean the song is really good <laughs> they're not off the hook but the they're really they're good. my problematic faves yeah for real <laughs> do you know when this song was released Fuerte this was released, I think, in 2013. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's good. I really like this track. 
Hashtag complicated. Yeah, it's <clears throat> awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag complicated. <laughs> what? Yeah. Speaking of complicated, Speaking tell us of what complicated, you have next. I know, I know. Um, <laughs> so my next song is called Dile, and it's by Don Amad. OG Radio Manea listener, you might remember this artist from our pilot, which was, uh, side note, almost a year ago. I think. Holy shit! I think our yeah. year anniversary is like in two weeks, which is amazing. Um, yeah. So this song, I don't actually think the lyrics. I don't have a lot of problem with the lyrics. It's more about the artist, so kind of going back to like Daddy Yankee. Mm-hmm. So here's the deal with Don Omar. In 2014, he was charged with domestic abuse um, by his girlfriend at the time, who alleged that he hit her and threatened her with a gun. Um, and then, Ooh. yeah, intense. And he got like really high bail. It was like a whole thing. Um, but the charges were later dropped by her when she decided not to pursue the case. So she didn't go back and say he didn't beat me, but she was just like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do this. I won't. She didn't show up to any of the hearings and whatever. So, you know, I mean, the evidence points to the fact that he physically abused his girlfriend. Um, and that, that is obviously something that we don't condone and something that, you know, it feels problematic to like support artists that you don't who do shit like that that's like really intensely fucked up um and i mean he's not on my rotation these days i don't necessarily think it's because of that but just like he's just not some an artist that i listen to anymore but he's definitely an artist that i have listened to in the past and in like the 2004 era i think his stuff was really popular um but it kind of gets at a bigger question politically that i have and it's sort of one of the reasons why i don't just like boycott people is because i feel like you know we have to like really think about in a broader sense like what do we do with people who perpetrate violence and abuse like I don't I'm not in the school of thought where you can just like throw those people away like oh those are bad people and they have to be like locked up and forever and throw away the key like I don't actually think that's a realistic or b yeah totally real like I think there's lots of ways in which all of us have perpetrated harm at different levels against each other and people we love and obviously like there's a big difference between being, I don't know, like emotionally abusive or mean to someone and like threatening them with a gun, right? Like there's definitely a scale to right. which, yeah. but, um, but I think in some ways they're just like, they're, they're some of the same behaviors, but like one behavior has escalated way farther than the other. And so I just, I don't know, politically I think about like, well, what do we actually do to work with people who perpetrate harm? Because I think that it's a capacity yeah. that we all yeah. have um, and that we have to address and that most of the time the people who perpetrate harm are, have themselves been harmed or traumatized. Um, totally. So how do we work with that? And so these kind of campaigns that just like, completely boycott someone because they perpetrated harm and obviously like supporting an artist is different than like I don't know you know it's like the question of whether we should like lock people up and throw away the key is a little bit different than whether we should like give them a big stage or an audience right 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 but I don't know to me they're they're it's still part of the same conversation that I don't actually believe that there's just like these are bad people over here and we have to like put the bad people away and I know that actually mm-hmm. I think that's a tension among feminists like that there actually is a big debate about whether um 
people who believe it that that there are just bad men out there, there are bad people out there that have to be you know kept from others versus like how do we actually work right, with right how do we actually work with perpetrators of harm to do things like accountability and healing and retribution and all of the complicated things that it requires to continue to to engage with people in the world so it's kind of a political right, tangent totally like i mean coming through it from like a transformative justice and like prison abolitionist yeah. sort of sense like how do you how do you work with folks that have perpetrated harm i think that's like such a complicated and real and i know hard question and I think that throwing this uh, like you know like this person's an artist and has an audience into the mix like makes it even more complicated and I don't have I don't have the answers you know I think it's something that uh, we as a society and we as like a group of people that have like a set of uh of like ideas about how to address harm need to work through yeah yeah it's really complicated because I think we're still coming from the place of trying to protect people who are victims and survivors of harm in a way that almost like we swing to the other direction where we just sort of like, I listen to Savage Love, like Dan Savage's advice podcast a lot, just cause I kind of like, cause it's sort of fluffy stuff about sex and relationships. And he often will tell people who are in abusive relationships, like leave, you have to get out. It's going to get worse. They're never going to get better. They're always going to treat you badly. And it's like, well, that kind of buys into this idea that like these people are just bad people and obviously abusive relationships are yeah. a really complicated dynamic, but it's like, that's not actually the answer because lots and lots of people perpetrate harm against people that they love and we have to figure out. Yeah. Although I do feel like once a dynamic is set between like two people, it's really hard to break out of that dynamic. I feel like just because somebody was an abuser in one relationship doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be, be an abusive abuser in a next. future one. Yeah, yeah. No, I think but, you're right. I mean, I think. I but think, like, I do feel like yeah. once a once a like a a dynamic is established, it's so hard to change. I'm not saying it's impossible, and I think that I've been in relationships where where dynamics have changed. Yeah. Um, I think you have to intervene. Never, uh, yeah. I think the intervention has to happen really early on. You know, like I think it. Yeah. It totally. can't. It can't happen when things have escalated to that point, but. I don't know. So, right, right. Kind of deep thoughts, but um, I don't definitely don't condone anything Don Omar does, and I have no idea what his relationship life looks like, and I don't know that we'll ever know because when people are under the spotlight like that, it's you know the pressures on both ends are really are really big. But um, yeah, totally. But this is still one of those tracks, like we've been saying, <laughs> that when it comes on, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just it was one of my early reggaeton listens, and it just it's still it's still one of my favorites um, to dance to. So. Yeah. Es complicado. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what this episode's about. Yep. These people are our faves. Yep. But there's some problems. They're not perfect. They're not perfect. No. Yep. All right, Boo, what's your last one for us today? All right. The last song, it pains me so much to do this, but this is Miguel, my, my love. Mm. <laughs> and the song is called How Many Drinks. We'll
Okay, Miguel. like I said, it was really, <laughs> really, truly it pains me to bring yeah, Miguel to this I know. episode. I know. <laughs> because he's actually, in a lot of ways, really amazing, right? Yeah. Like, he's actually fairly political. He's like, participated in a right. lot of like really cool pro-immigrant rights stuff yeah i know from like private sources that he's like mad pro-choice like as in like supports medicaid coverage mm. of abortion wow. pro-choice. Shit. so yeah so he's like not only fine but has like some really on-point politics but i've had to really come to terms and come to admit that this song here is pretty rapey <laughs> Yeah, how many drinks it's, will it take to get you to come home with me? No, yeah, no, good. boo, that's no, so that's so no. I used to like so my so my boo shout out Vita would always be like Veronica. This song is so rapey. I'd be yeah. like, but he's like maybe it's two or three. That's not. That many. No, no, no. It should. You know how many drinks it should take to get you to come home with me? Zero, because <laughs> you should want to come home with me. I know, I know. I'm admitting it. I'm admitting it, right? I'm just, just like, I well, know. I can still consent after two or three drinks, and I'm pretty. Yeah, but this pretty, is implying like, that with drinks, <laughs> implying but that she won't consent without any. No, no. I know, Mm-mm. I know. It's Mm-mm. bad. I admit Mm-mm. it. It's not good. Yeah. This is not one of one of Miguel's best moments. No, no. It's a bummer. But, you know, it's been a journey to get me here because yeah. my love of Miguel has blinded me. I know. Well, this is the thing. Like, the people that we love are not perfect. <laughs> They're not perfect. But, I, I mean, this is pretty bad. I wish somebody had been like, listen, boo, I don't think this is a good idea. I wonder if he wrote it. Do you know if he writes his own stuff? I don't know if he wrote it. I mean, clearly I don't he... Know if he wrote it. I do know that, like, Kendrick Lamar, there's, a like, a Kendrick Lamar remix where he does a verse. I saw that. And saw that. it's... Yeah, and I also love Kendrick Lamar, and I feel like he should have been like, yo, no. A lot of people should have been like that. Come on, man. I know, I I know. That's the thing about these things. It's just like like, literally like 80 different people signed off on this. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And it just just plays, but it just plays off of what like is often seen as like tame sort of dating culture, which is like that men are encouraged to be really aggressive and to like, push past even when someone says no like even just like our our favorite movie tropes right like i'm gonna stand outside your window with a boom box like all that shit right like that, all that stuff if it goes to the extreme right, then becomes right. kind of like fucked up and rapey so it's it, this is just the extension of like dating culture and where men are encouraged to be really aggressive and and push push women until they say yes like that's just that in of itself is really fucked up on its own you know? yeah yeah so. totally and it's just like is just the fact that like so many people signed off on this and the fact that like somebody with like a lot of fairly on point politics was like yeah I'll totally sing this song you know it just speaks to the pervasiveness of rape culture yeah yeah and just how normal yep this shit really is yep I will point out that none of our problematic faves were women I mean, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm sure we true. could find. I'm not gonna say we can't find songs. I'm sure we could, by but women. it's so easy for men to fuck I know, up. TBH. I know. It is. It is. It really is. It really is. Like, it really is booze. So they find it very natural. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And sexism is just such an easy trope to fall into. Misogyny. So totally, totally. So, well, but you know, sorry, Miguel. I forgive you, but you're gonna have to do better. Yeah. Try harder, boo. Try harder. Yeah. Yeah. 
You're cute without the misogyny. <laughs> so much cuter without the misogyny. Yeah, totally. <laughs> well, that's our It's Complicated episode <laughs> of our problematic faves. If you want to share some of your problematic faves, you should do that on uh, Twitter or Facebook. We'd love to hear what are some of the, your favorite songs that you were like a little bit have a little bit of a concern about um but yeah thanks so much for listening yeah totally thank you so much for listening as always all the details from the music will be at radiomanea.com and if you like what you hear leave us a review yeah we would we love are that on itunes we're on google play we're on soundcloud mm-hmm. but leave us an itunes review it really helps uh it really helps our podcast get in front of new listeners and thank you so 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 much for listening yeah and we can finally announce our first Radio Manea tour stop because we have yes, all of the official situation we're going Do to we have Las, any fans Vegas. In Las Vegas we're gonna see you soon we're gonna be at the University of uh, Nevada at Las Vegas doing an event all about mujeres and musica on March 27th We'll post all the details online. Um, usually the, these campus events are open to the public, but we're super excited. And there should be a couple of, there are a couple of other gigs still in the works. And if you're interested in bringing us, we're still arranging stuff for late spring and fall of 2017. So we'd love to come hang out with you and talk about musica. Um, so hit us up at radiomenea at gmail.com. And we have an exciting uh, Latinx podcast collaboration that I'm not going to tell all the details about but um we're really psyched about that as well as part of our tour so stay tuned stay tuned for some fun episodes with some uh podcast collaborators so lots of good stuff to come in a few months all right amores thank you so much babes cuidense ciao